What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. It is currently 10.44 p.m., and we just wrapped up NFL Sunday. Week 3 is finally in the books. We have Monday Night Football tomorrow. Um, I'm really excited for it. It is currently September 26, 2021. So we're marking it down right now. The Chicago Bears are 1-2 and two after one of the worst football games I've ever seen from an offensive standpoint in my entire 21 years of being a Chicago Bears fan. And crazy, crazily enough, I didn't think I'd ever say that in the Matt Nagy era. I truly believe, you know, as, as, much, as much shit as I've given him throughout the years, I never thought it would be Mark Trussman bad. I never thought it would be John Fox with Mike Glennon bad. Um, but today proved that. Justin Fields' first career start as, a Q, as QB1 was just a shit show. An absolute shit show. I mean, we're talking historically awful. 21st century worst offensive performance. Awful. Justin Fields was sacked nine times today by the Cleveland Browns. Clowney, Garrett. Garrett had four and a half sacks. I mean, it was just an absolute shit show. And and mind you, you know, we knew this going into the season that, that the offensive line was going to be a problem with Tevin Jenkins being injured way before the season even started. Um, you know, you knew that Jermaine Effetti wasn't great. You knew Jason Peters was serviceable, but he wasn't going to be your your future of the team because he's already 39 years old, nine-time Pro Bowler. That's awesome. Hall of Fame pedigree. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer but isn't in his Hall of Fame game anymore. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, amazing, you know, career. And, and I'm not trying to take anything from him. But, you know, you just did not hit a single one of your fucking assignments today, Jason Peters. And you should be ashamed of that. Because if you do truly hold that Hall of Fame talent that you once were um, to any standard, that was not that. I mean, you just let my, mind you, it is Miles Garrett in his, not even in his prime yet. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to look better than that. Not only were you just, you know, poking this dude with one hand and, and expecting him to get off you, but I mean, you were just missing assignments at the time, but you know, we're going to break that down and we're going to talk about a lot of other things that went into this. I liked what I saw from the defense today. I truly did. The Cleveland Browns annihilated us. Um, if you look at the final score, it's six to 26 and that looks like the defense really did let up a lot of points, but they really didn't. They really didn't. At halftime, it was 10 points. It was 10 points by the Cleveland Browns, and Chicago only had three. A lot of opportunities for Chicago. You know, we had a fourth down sack by, what was it, Robert Quinn, then immediately had another fourth down sack by Khalil Mack. So, you know, the defense looked good. We looked good. We were holding our own. Jarvis Landry was out. Baker Mayfield didn't look as banged up as we anticipated him to be. Odell Beckham Jr., who... I made the mistake of saying could possibly be a decoy in this game. Looked amazing. You know, he looked fast. He looked mobile. He looked comfortable. He looked like the same old Odell we all know and love. Um, you know, but the biggest part of this game wasn't even Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper had a touchdown. I did say to be on the lookout for that if you had him in fantasy. Um, you know, but the biggest part of the game was Kareem Hunt and, and, and Nick Chubb. I mean, they, what a duo, man. What a duo. And it sucked because Eddie Goldman was out again with a knee injury. Um, we thought, you know, there were hopeful thoughts and aspirations that maybe he'd play this week, um, but he just didn't. 
Um, so he still hasn't played in over a year in an NFL game, so he's just stealing money from the Bears. Um, but, you know, we all know what he can be when he's on the field. So hopefully the second he's ready, he's going to bring it. Um, but we're, we're going to start off with the most important conversation of the day. We're going to start off with something that needs to be said so badly. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's obvious what I'm about to say. I've been saying it since 2019. Um, you know, I was, I was the lone, I was the lone ranger for so long. I was the only one saying everyone was dogging on Mitch, everyone. And, 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 you know, I don't like to be that guy that's like, I was the only one who saw it coming, but I really, in this scenario, I truly felt like I was, I feel like I was such a Mitchell Trubisky supporter that sometimes I did blind myself at the fact that Mitch Trubisky has problems reading defenses and he has problems with his accuracy and his decision making. And that's and that those are all valid points. Now looking at it as you know, from the from the outside looking in, it, it looks a lot better. Um, you know, now that I understand that fully. And but the way he looked with the Bills in that preseason game, and now the way Matt Nagy has continued to fuck shit up with not only Nick Foles but Andy Dalton, and now and now with uh, Justin Fields. I mean, you you just can't blame the kid. I mean, you can't blame Mitchell Trubisky for what happened. You can't. He was your scapegoat. He was your scapegoat. And Chicago knows an scapegoat all too well, whether it's from your, you know, politicians all the way down to why you got fired from Target or Mariano's. Like, it's just one of those things at the end of the day, everyone has an excuse for something. And Matt Nagy's excuse was Mitchell Trubisky. And Ryan Pace's excuse was Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky. So now you gave Matt Nagy his toy. Matt Nagy broke it. He's trying to break it. He didn't break it, but he's trying to break it. He's trying to get this kid killed. Um, we're going to get into that in a, in a little bit as well. Why Justin Fields was in at the last three minutes of the game, got sacked twice to make it nine sacks in a row, had to get an x-ray on his hand, on his throwing hand, because he, it, it was banged up. It came back negative, thank God. But you're going to get this kid fucking killed. You're, if you're losing 6-26, to 26, it's the end of the fucking game. Why is your QB1 rookie in the game? Nick Foles was suited up. Nick Foles was ready. And we have some commentary by Nick Foles we're going to get into in a little bit where he bashes Matt Nagy, which was very interesting. Him and Andy Dalton talking shit on the sideline. If that doesn't speak volumes, I don't know what the fuck does. Um, but it, it definitely was a conversation to be had. Um, and it needs to be had in that locker room. You can't tell me. As a former athlete, I understand how easy it is to lose a locker room. But I also understand how hard it is. Because when you establish respect, it's hard to lose respect. You really have to fuck it up to lose that established respect. Like Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, some scandal could come out about Mike Tomlin tomorrow. And I promise you, Big Ben and a bunch of other players on that team will still ride out for him. And that's just how much respected he is. Bill Belichick is the same way. Andy Reid is the same way. Um, you know, but Matt Nagy, if some shit happened with Matt Nagy tomorrow, which we're going to get into, I think what should happen to Matt Nagy tomorrow. Um, but if there were, God forbid, some scandal with his life or, or he did some, you know, questionable shit outside of the field, who would really have his back? You know what I mean? Like the respect I feel like is going so fast. Allen Robinson looks so frustrated, already frustrated because he's on the franchise tag and you won't pay this man. Then you tell him, okay, we'll give you Justin Fields and maybe that'll change your mind on taking a pay cut because you're playing with a QB1 franchise QB for the first time in your entire career. From Blake Bortles, Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and now Justin Fields. 
where do I even begin? I mean, you're not even letting this dude run farther than 10 yards. I mean, you're setting him up like he's a washed veteran wide receiver. When he's in reality, a top 10 wide receiver. It, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. David Montgomery looked awful today. Um, but at the same time, it's really not on him because this offensive line was just horrendous. Um, David Montgomery, 10 carries for 34 yards, zero touchdowns. Justin Fields, three carries for 12 yards, zero touchdowns. And, and we're looking at the receiving core. Allen Robinson, two receptions for 27 yards. David Montgomery, two receptions for 21 yards. Cole Komet, one reception for 11 yards. Darnell Mooney, one reception for nine yards. That was it. That's the entire stat line. Everything. That's, there was, <laughs> he threw the ball, uh, what is it, four times? He threw the ball four times. Justin Fields had four completions. Um, well, six, technically, but a couple were pitches, so it is what it is. He went six for 20. In the first half, Justin Fields threw the ball four times. Four times. And that's not on Justin. That's the play calling. It, it, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. And, and we, anticipate, we anticipated this going into it. You know, I tell you to listen to my uh, network I have on Apple TV and Facebook and YouTube, the ASAP network. I have the Touchdown Crew. It's myself, Victor, and Charles. And we talk about every sport of, or every team in the NFL. And we give our breakdowns and our predictions. And I took the Bears in this game. I took the Bears in this game because even though the Browns had a, one of the best offensive lines, I felt like we can get to the quarterback. And we did. Our secondary didn't look great, but their offensive, you know, weapons weren't also they they also weren't all there you know Odell coming back very questionable didn't really know if he was playing or not at the time you know Landry was out so we really didn't know what we had there Eddie Goldman was still questionable so my bad you know what I mean but um and and we were in this game though we were in this game it was a seven it was a one point game or it was a one uh possession game I'm sorry um at 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 half it it was three to ten it was three to ten we had it at half and we let it fucking go. We scored three points in the first half and three points in the second half. And the only reason we scored three points in the second half was because there was a fucking penalty. that, And it was holding on the defense. And that was the only reason we made it through. Otherwise, it would have been another fourth down punt. This was, without a doubt, the worst offensive performance by Matt Nagy. We averaged one yard per carry. One fucking yard. It, this passing offense had one fucking yard. We're going to look at it. I have a couple stats for you right now that you're going to love to fucking um, hear. You know, the Bears averaged 1.1 yards per play versus the Browns. The second fewest by any team in a game this century. That's from NFL on CBS on Twitter. That is fucking insane to me. Like, do you understand how many games there have been this century? That is... I am, I I just, I can't even, you know, Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker hit a 66-yard game-winning field goal to beat the Detroit Lions, who, by the way, I don't even know if we're going to be able to beat next fucking week. No idea, um, because they're hanging with some big dogs, and and obviously, um, I think this defense is very capable. Sean Desai is a very capable, he is proving that he is very capable. Um, you know, these guys just got gassed out. They were on the field way too long. Um, you know, but we're playing Detroit and yeah, of course, you know, it's just Goff, Swift and, and Hawkinson and, you know, St. Brown's a rookie, but at the end of the day, you know, if they're calling plays to try to get things done at some point, if this Bears defense is on the field nine times out of 10, I mean, 
what, what, what can we ask of them? How can, how can you not let up points at some point? You know, we don't know what's happening with Eddie Goldman. I don't know if Danny Trevathan's going to be available next week. It's been three weeks. Is he healthy? Is he not? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you give Richard, I'm still on the boat of giving Richard Sherman a call because Jalen Johnson looks amazing. But, you know, if something were God forbid to happen to him, that secondary is awful. Eddie Jackson still isn't really doing his job. Uh, Tashawn Gibson was a scratch today. I don't really understand why, but he was. Deion Bush looked a little bit better. Um, you know, but Duke Shelley looked decent. Vildori looked decent, but they're still not those guys. So definitely need to give Richard Sherman a call. Conversation for a different day. Um, but back to Justin Tucker, he kicks the longest NFL field goal to win this game, 66 yards. And Justin Tucker's field goal was 19 yards longer than the Bears offense gained today. That's fucking insane. I'm going to throw out another fact for you. I find this one really interesting. I think it's something, um, you know, that, that we should all take into consideration. Jacob Infante, I, I don't want to butcher his name on Twitter, but he's certified. You know, it says a dream offseason for the for the hashtag Bears. Fire Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Tevin Jenkins recovers and becomes a legitimate offensive tackle. Draft a cornerback to start alongside Jalen Johnson. Find a new center. Extend Allen Robinson and Roquan Smith. And then hire literally anyone at head coach. It can't get worse. This is a certified guy. And he's saying stuff like this. You know, you had David Kaplan saying if George McCaskey cares about this team any way, shape, or form, Matt Nagy should be out of his office tomorrow morning packing his bags. You know, and, and I completely agree with him. I, I aspire to be like David Kaplan. He's someone, he's a role model of mine. And I don't like to hear when people say that you should lose your job because honestly, I, I feel like that's a low blow. And honestly, I feel like it's a business and nobody should demand anyone to lose their job. But in this scenario, yeah, you're gone because let me tell you why you deserve to lose your job. You're the reason Mitch lost his you're the reason Dave, Jordan Howard lost his. You're the reason David Montgomery could have lost his. But, you know, David Montgomery's deciding to break out regardless of whether you're going to use him or not. Um, so, so props to him. But, you know, Nick Foles, you threw him under the bus after you brought him in. Andy Dalton. And now, you know, I, I just I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You're trying to develop this kid. You're trying to show that he's ready. But here, here's my thing. Here's my thing that blows me the most. To me, the entire way you ran this offense today, you know, I didn't see you taking any type of any type of tight end point of view of this. Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet literally attributed nothing, nothing whatsoever. You didn't utilize them at all. You have a Hall of Famer in Jimmy Graham and you have an amazing, uh, very strong tight end in his second year who worked with George Kittle all summer has worked with Jimmy Graham for now two seasons and and then you don't use them at all why did you draft this kid why did you draft this kid you know Khalil Herbert didn't really see him at all why did you draft this kid you know I don't get it Darnell Mooney Marquise Goodwin Bird you know why you don't you don't really see them at all you don't see them you know we have some of the most speediest wide receivers we have them Tariq Cohen Tariq Cohen's going to come back, and I promise you, oh, well, Tariq's got to ease his way back into it. Dude, fuck you. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why you, why you preach and why you hype yourself up about, oh, well, we have the fastest offense in the league. You know, we have guys who run 
4.4 is flat. We have guys that run 4.440s and 4-second four, four 40s flat. You know, you have Justin Fields. He's fast. Bird. God, Goodwin. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tweaking. Cohen. And, and so many others. Mooney. And, and the list goes on and on. Khalil Herbert. But at the end of the day, you don't utilize that whatsoever. You know, we could have a... We could have a type of offense like Lamar Jackson does in Baltimore with uh, John Harbaugh. We can have an offense like that, like a Michael Vick back in the day. We can do stuff like that, but you don't. Why? You can have a... Here's the best way I look at it. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson is the best scenario. I like the the Kyler Murray comparison, but I think it's a little bit different because I feel like Justin, in... in, At least from my perspective... um, is more athletic from a football standpoint. I think overall, it's definitely Kyler Murray because of how talented he is at baseball. Could have been in the major leagues as well um, on either side of things. But, you know, I, I definitely think from a football perspective, he's more intelligent than Kyler and, he, and he's more of a pocket passer than Kyler is as well. But um, I, I love the Pete Carroll-Russell Wilson comparison because what is something Russell Wilson's never really had? An offensive line. Even in those Super Bowl runs, they weren't the greatest um, and you had your Marshawn Lynch, and, and, you, and you know you have your David Montgomery. You have an offensive coordinator and an offensive play caller, you know, in Bill Lazor who understands what he's doing and understands what it takes um, to have a franchise quarterback and to develop one, just like he did with Andy Dalton. Um, so why he hasn't been calling plays from the jump, I don't fucking know. I feel like those two would have a lot in common. I feel like those two understand each other and they would be the best option for everybody. But Matt insists on being the play caller. So for me, I'm looking at it like this. Um, you know, if you want to be like Pete Carroll and, and scramble out in the early years like they did with Russ and Russ scrambled out and he just became a better pocket passer and learned, that's perfectly fine. But then fucking do that. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I looked at this and I, I, I just felt like you just want Andy Dalton back so bad. That's that's how I really look at it. I look at it as something that you're trying so hard to make Justin Fields fail. And, and I hate to say this because it sounds insane. It sounds like something no professional would ever do in their entire career. But this is how it looks. I'm explaining to you how it looks. Do I really think he's doing this? I have no fucking idea what that guy's doing at all whatsoever. I never will. I don't think he even does. Um, but it definitely looks like right now you're not giving Justin Fields any type of opportunity. And I understand this was a Super Bowl caliber team. It is a Super Bowl caliber team. Like, don't don't be fooled. When fully healthy, Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield, Chubb, Hunt, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, who was an amazing tight end in Atlanta, Najoku, I mean, we're talking Miles Garrett, Clowney, Ward, Deplette. You know, the list goes on on that defense. They're deep. They're hungry. They're dogs. So it's okay. We didn't expect to win this game anyway. We really didn't. We really didn't. Um, You know, even with the Rams. You know, I understand that. Matthew Stafford, they just beat Tom Brady and the Bucks. I had that right as well. Um, (laughs) I definitely was the only one on the the panel today who said that uh, Matthew Stafford was going to beat Tom Brady today. But, um, and they blew him out. Cooper Cup. Clear-cut wide receiver number one. You know, you have Aaron Donald. You have Jalen Ramsey. You have Sean McVay. You have a good passing game. You have a good running game. Um, You know, when healthy, Sony Michelle looked great. You know, you have uh, Henderson, and you have others on that offense that that can get it done. Higby and others. Woods. The list goes on and on. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, 
we barely got away from the Bengals. We barely got away from the Bengals, and it's because we're doing the same shit. I understand if maybe against the Browns and maybe against the maybe against the Rams, you didn't want to, you know, throw out the offense from a passing perspective because you understand that you know those secondaries are great and those pass rushes are great. But against the Bengals, you should have saw something. You should have saw some kind of light. But she just weren't taking those shots. I mean, we're from look at this. Check this out. In five plays on our own 47, these are possessions today. We had five plays that resulted in 24 yards and a field goal. On our own 31, we had three plays, negative one yards, punt. Own 23, three plays, negative nine yards, punt. Own 19, five yards, nine or five plays, 19 yards, punt. Own 10, one play, four yards. Half, um, you know, own twenty or own twenty-five. You had three plays, negative eight yards, punt. Own twenty-three, three plays, negative one yards, punt. That that's that's the Chicago Bears in a nutshell today. I mean, I have some other facts I could spit out at you. I know you guys don't really want to hear all of them, um, but I mean, it, it's just holy cow, man! Like this is bad, bro. This is bad. This is really bad. I have no idea what else to say or what else to do to make this look better. Um, th- there is there is nothing. There really is nothing. And and what made it worse was Nick Foles and Andy Dalton's conversation on the sideline. Oh my God! If you don't have it, check it out on my Facebook. Check it out anywhere. I'm gonna post it on my Instagram. Um, so follow me there, Mike on the Mic Podcast. Um, definitely check that out. It's it's my logo that's on here. You can definitely find it. Um, you know, it's a very interesting, a very interesting conversation that they found on the sideline between Nick Foles and Andy Dalton while Justin Fields was out there. And he clearly says, this is, I believe after the second half, Nick Foles looks over to Andy Dalton and says, now the, whether he said Matt's offense is questionable to me, when I looked at it, I read the word Matt off his, off his lips. Um, but without a doubt, he says the offense can't get it done or this offense doesn't work and and that's just a fact now what I read was Matt's offense doesn't work and and that's clear cut it's clear cut if you watch it just read his lips and you can see it Matt's offense doesn't work it's 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 that easy it's that easy and and the fact that those two are talking about it on the sideline feels without a doubt fucking feels that he knows that he knows this offensive line isn't getting it done Cody Whitehair you know um James Daniels are really the only two good players on this offensive line but at the end of the day Cody needs to step it up Cody needs to be better James needs to step it up um J- Sam Mustaford you know it was it was we were asking a lot of him um, being undrafted and being that guy out of Notre Dame um, that you know no one really knew going into last season, you know it's nice to have him, but is he a playoff caliber guy? I don't, I don't know, man. Like that, that's that's a that's a rough conversation to have, and I think he's great depth, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be able to get the job done against defenses like this. Understandably so. Uh, Jermaine Effetti, get the fuck off the team, should be cut tomorrow. I mean, you can't. You can't cut him because what else the fuck is out there? Like, that's that's just the facts. Um, you know, uh, Jason Peters, if it wasn't for Tevin Jenkins, you wouldn't be on this team anyways. That's, that's truly how I look at it. Um, it was a nice addition. It would have been great depth, like, really great depth. Um, it would have been great experience, great learning experience for him, uh, for Tevin Jenkins, 
you know, Cody and so many others, not Cody, James, um, and so and so many of the other young guys on this line, even Sam. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're starting and, and you're matched up with Miles Garrett the entirety of the game, which there were no adjustments made, but I mean, who are you going to switch him off with? And then he goes the clowny. It's going to be even worse. I mean, it, it's just, the, I don't know. It's just horrible, horrible, horrible. It was a horrible game. Um, I mean, here, here's how I see it, honestly. And I know so many people are going to hate me for it. So many people are going to hate me for it. You're going to say you're overreacting. You're this, you're that, you're that, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't see a scenario why he's not fired tomorrow morning. I don't see. I don't understand. I don't understand. We're looking at team stats after the game was over. Total yards from the Chicago Bears, 47. From the Browns, 418. Passing yards from the Bears, including the negative yards. One yard from the Chicago Bears. One yard. <laughs> 203 from the Cleveland Browns rushing 46 from the Bears rushing for the Browns 215 yards per play the Bears 1.1 the Browns 5.4 first downs six by the Bears for the Browns 26 that's and third down efficiency the Browns went eight for 17 you know what the Bears went one for 11 fourth down efficiency the Browns one for three. <laughs> the Bears? Oh for one. Uh, total plays by the Bears on offense. 42. From the Browns? 78. Sacks allowed from the, from the Browns? Five. Good job on the Bears defense, boys. You really got to them today. That is a lot. That is a lot. This is a number top three offense. You know, debatably um, number one from, from an offensive line perspective. You know, so, so we definitely did get to the quarterback today. So that is great. From the Bears, nine. Punts from the Bears, seven. From the Browns, two. Penalties, five from the Bears, seven from the Browns. I mean, it. time of possession, 39 minutes and 34 seconds for the Browns. 40 minutes. For the Bears, 20 minutes and 26 seconds. That's damn near half. I mean, we this defense was on the field for so long. So long. I mean, Jesus, that's three, almost three-fourths of the game. That's almost three-fourths of the game that the defense was on the field. I mean, we're talking 15 minutes a quarter. 40 fucking minutes? That defense was out there? That's, wow. I mean, that's just, just ridiculous. I don't, I, don't I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. That's 60 minutes in total. You were out there for 40 of them. I, I pray to you. I pray to you. That's, that's, that's God-awful. That's what? Like, I don't even know. I couldn't even do the math on that. It's like, what's, I don't, I'm not going to say a number because I'm going to be wrong. But it, it's, it's, it's disgusting. And it's unfair to Sean Desai, who's not only a rookie uh, <laughs> head defensive coordinator. Um, it, it's unfair to this defense who's light as it is. You know what I mean? So... To me, Khalil Mack even gets injured at one point. You know, he's questionable with a foot injury. He comes back into the game, sure. But this is this is what happened last year. Khalil Mack's on the field too long. He ends up getting injured because of all these double teams. Robert Quinn is having a resurgence, and we're totally fucking wasting that. Um, from a defensive side of things, you know, Roquan Smith looked good today. You know, Deion Bush looked good today. He really stepped up. Eddie Jackson looked okay. Ogletree looked okay. From the sack side of things, um, you know, it, it was a pretty solid day. Um, you know, 
We had Edwards coming back, Mario Edwards Jr. Um, he just served his games of two-game suspension, so I'm really happy he's back. He got a sack. It was a big-time sack as well. Um, you know, you had Robert Quinn with one and a half sacks. You had, I believe, Khalil Mack had one. Yeah, Khalil Mack had two sacks today. So, so we really did get to the quarterback. You know, you had Blackson had half a sack, um, and somebody else did as well, but I don't remember. Um, but it, it's definitely one of those interesting conversations where, um, like, what, why, what are we doing? What are we doing moving forward? I don't get it. Um, for me, if if I had to go into it and we're going to have this conversation sooner or later, um, you know, we do have to hire somebody. We do have to hire somebody as our new head coach of the Chicago Bears by the end of the season. And if we don't, this team's fucked. This team's fucked and there's nothing you can do to change my mind about that. I don't care if they win the next 10 straight. I don't believe in Matt Nagy going into another year with Justin Fields. I don't want him to develop Matt Nagy. He pretend or develop Justin Fields. Pardon me. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't get why we're doing this. For me, Brian DeBole, from, uh, he's offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills right now. I think Josh Allen is a perfect example of what Justin Fields could be. You know, a very mobile guy who can also throw the ball. Um, you know, he understands what it's like to run that type of offense. I definitely think he's a candidate for this job. Um, you know, Eric Bieniemy is, is someone a lot of you guys want me to reference and talk about. Personally, number one, I don't think he's leaving Kansas City unless the opportunity is perfect um, because of what he has going on there. He's very respected. He loves the team. The team loves him. He loves Andy Reid. Andy Reid loves him. It's, it's, a, it's a perfect scenario. So I feel like um, now that the Chiefs lost two games in a row, maybe at the end of the year, if they don't meet expectations, they don't have a deep playoff run, which is way too early to predict. Um, I'm just saying in this scenario, maybe he does take a job somewhere. But do I want to pick from the Andy Reid tree again? No. Um, you know, Doug Peterson's out there. It's another possibility. Bill Lazor, at this fucking point, I'd have as my head coach. Um, I, I truly would. I think this is just blasphemy that, that this guy can go out there. And I've said it. I've said it for so long. He uses his scapegoats. You know, he blames Jordan Howard in the run game. Jordan Howard ran over a thousand yards how many years in a row? Excuse me. Um, prior to Matt Nagy coming to Chicago. And then Matt Nagy comes to Chicago and Jordan's the fucking problem. You know what I mean? Like, you're a number two overall pick, but now Matt Nagy says, oh, he can't work with you. And Matt Nagy knew going into taking this job that you were going to be QB1, that you were going to be taken. That makes no fucking sense to me. Mitchell Trubisky was here before fucking Matt Nagy was. So, so to me, you knew going into this, you know, this is my quarterback of the future. If that was the case, you shouldn't have took the fucking job. I truly feel that way. And obviously, there's going to be people who say, oh, well, you got to take whatever opportunity is best. There are other fucking offers out there. Other teams were looking at Matt Nagy, so I don't want to hear that shit. Um, the way I look at it, you know, we fucked up, we fucked up big time. And, you know, we fired Lovey Smith after going 10 and six. So why the fuck is Matt Nagy getting a pass going eight and eight every fucking season? That's what, that's what I don't get. And, and having playoff games where you don't even break 15 points. I mean, that, that's, that's the craziest fucking part. And, and the majority of those points are from the kicker. I mean, you're not even putting up those points from an offensive standpoint. You're tapping in at like six. I believe that's twice in a row. I believe against the Eagles in 2018, the offense actually only scored six points. Cody Parkey did the rest. And then in 2020, it was Cairo Santos who had the majority of them. And you had a last second touchdown with Jimmy Graham to connect with Mitchell Trubisky to end the game against the Saints. That meant fucking nothing. Other than Mitchell Trubisky winning Nickelodeon MVP, which whatever, MVP Mitch, money Mitch. Anyways, 
Um, but it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. You're, you're averaging in your playoff career six points per game, and you call yourself an offensive guru, a quarterback whisperer, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Mitchell Trubisky, Chase Daniels, and now Justin Fields, and your offense looks the fucking same throughout every single one of those quarterbacks who are all different. If you know anything about those players, you understand they are all different types of quarterbacks and your offense looks the fucking same except for the exception of 2018 which let's be real I've said it from the jump I felt like personally the reason why you had so much success offensively in 2018 with very limited weapons was the main fact that not a lot of guys had tape on you they all had it on Andy Reid they had no idea what you were going to come out and do so they kind of designed it as an Andy Reid type offense and you came out here with these smoke and mirrors and and all these trick sweet plays with Taylor Gabriel and Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen and everything was sweet everything was dope Mitch was running out the pocket Howard was doing his thing I mean you know you had Trey Burton um and Adam Shaheen as decoys because you barely used them but but you were using all these trick plays, and that's why it was working. Once the league figured that out, once defensive coordinators and defenses figured that out, you were fucked. You were fucked. So you blamed Mitchell Trubisky and his development, which, to Mitch's point, um, you know, he didn't really help himself by not only vocally speaking on things that he felt like needed to be done. He kind of saw it against when Bill Lazor took over as offensive coordinator, uh, and Mitch Trubisky started to do better um, after Nick Foles went down. I believe with that hip injury or that bone bruise, whatever it was. But, you know, Mitch went out there and said, I feel a lot more comfortable when these guys are actually willing to listen to what I want to run. So Bill was willing to listen. Like, what do you want to do? Matt was just like, if you can't do this, then I'm doing this. And and that's, that's not a fucking head coach. That's not a head coach. Your ego is huge. This guy would be a perfect car salesman. Why? Because he could sell, he could sell you shit. He could sell you shit that sticks. I mean, this shit is so bad, but he can make it stick. Why? Because he's a great speaker. He's a great talker. He says exactly what you want to hear, but he'll never act on it. He doesn't mean that shit. None of what he's saying is true. He knows it's not true. He even said a quote, I'm not an idiot. Are you fucking sure? Are you sure? Like, I get this offensive line was bad. I get this game wasn't great. But the fact of the matter is you have one tight end that doesn't want to fucking block for the run. Um... We are not going to get into that. It's a different conversation for a different day. But, you know, and, and the other two, you you don't even use. You know, you're not using these guys whatsoever. Your offensive line, you know, I understand Justin had to get out of there. But, you know, you're, these DBs had these guys locked. I mean, Allen was locked. Mo- Mooney was locked. Goodwin was locked. All these guys were locked up. They were batting balls down. They were, you know, swatting shit. I mean, it was it was bad. It was bad. Um Without a doubt, am I going to say that Matt Nagy gets the entirety blame of this game? Yeah. You thought I was going to say no? No. He gets the entirety blame for this. Um, The offensive line, of course, as well. But the biggest thing to me, why was this kid in? Your franchise quarterback with three minutes left in the game, you're down 20. He's been sacked seven fucking times. Possibly eight. I forget exactly. But then he gets sacked again, and it's nasty. It was a bad hit. Um, it, it was, it was a clean hit, but it was a bad, it was one of those hits you look at and you, Ooh, you cringe. Um, you know, like, like watching Derrick Rose after he dunks early in the 2012 era. Um, like every time he lands, you kind of just like, kind of get a little jumpy cause you're afraid of what might happen. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's definitely a situation where 
Nick Foles was suited up. Nick Foles was ready to go. And you know what? At the end of the day, you could have put David Montgomery in there. We saw him do that today. We saw David Montgomery take a snap once today. He didn't throw the ball. He ran immediately. But at the end of the day, you could have just knelt down with with David Montgomery or ran it up the middle with David Montgomery and, and, and ended it at that. If you didn't even want to put in David, put in Khalil Herbert. At least you're fucking using him. This kid's on the special teams unit. Um, which I like, you know, some guys are preferable there, but he has 90 plus yards returning um, altogether. That's very, that's very fair. Um, I, I like Khalil Herbert. He's a great guy. Um, but it's, it's definitely one of those situations. I'm looking at it like, how the fuck did Daz Newsom not make the fucking team? How the fuck did all these other guys not make the team? And, and at the end of the day, we're, we're looking at this offense right now. And I'm like, wow, like maybe Daz should have made the team. Obviously, we all knew that already, but Looking at it from a Matt Nagy perspective, like, bro, like, Bird isn't doing a lick of anything. A lick of anything. So, why did you draft Daz? Like, why? why? I know that's on Ryan Pace as well, but Matt Nagy has a lot to go into that decision. Um, You know, you could have drafted a corner. You could have done something more. Um, But you, you have no idea what you're doing right now, bro. And, and I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to wake up tomorrow knowing for a fact that 9 out of 10 probability, Matt Nagy will have his job and he will spew some bullshit to the media in, in tomorrow's meetings, which I didn't even listen to his conference today because I, I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear the same stupid shit every week. And here's the thing that bothers me the most. If this was Urban Myers coaching the Bears right now in year one and it was Justin Fields, that's one thing. If this was like a Jacksonville Jaguars situation where it's Trevor Lawrence and Urban Myers and Travis Etienne and all three are new, then, you know, Travis goes down. So it is what it is. But if it's Trevor and Urban, both new to the NFL, you know, Urban Myers from college, comes out, comes from college, don't know anything about the NFL, haven't played on an NFL level um, as a head coach. So, so that's completely understandable. Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson, coming out of college. You know, you win a national championship, but again, you've never played in the NFL. So it's completely understandable to why you two have struggles, especially when that offense is shit. But let's look at the Jacksonville Jaguars today. Mind you, they don't have a tight end to save their life. James Robinson was an undrafted running back going in the last year. No one knew who he was until like week two or three. Um, and then, you know, from a from an offensive standpoint, these guys, I mean, fuck they're, they're not great. They're not great whatsoever. You know, you have, you know, DJ Chark and, and Chenault and others. But other than that, it's not great. But regardless, Trevor Lawrence goes 22 for 34, 219 yards thrown, one touchdown, two interceptions, but 200 plus yards thrown. James Robinson, 15 carries for 88 yards, one touchdown. Trevor Lawrence, six carries for 27 yards. You know, DJ Chark, three receptions, 49 yards. Chenault, four receptions, 48 yards. James Robinson, six receptions for 46 yards. Um, Jones, I don't know this guy. Marvin, oh, Marvin Jones. All right, I thought I said Mac. I was like, another one? But um, six receptions for 62 yards. Like, bro. Who the fuck is Jacob Hollister? But he had a decent game, two reception and 15 yards. Like, it's, 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 it's basic fucking fundamental football, people. You, on the other hand, you know, those guys I just named, other than, you know, a couple, you, you really don't really, you know, have build a franchise around them. But, bro, 
You have Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney in year two, Cole Komet in year two, a Hall of Famer in Jimmy Graham, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Goodwin. You had Newsom, didn't want him. Bird. I mean, and Justin fucking Fields. Offensive line-wise, I'd say the Jaguars are in a worse position than us. I truly would. And if you wouldn't, you're fucking crazy. If you look at them, stacked up next to us, you have two Pro Bowler-type caliber guys. Three, technically. You know, Jason Peters included, but fuck. You know, we all know that situation. But three guys on that offensive line that made a Pro Bowl. You got James Daniels, a Pro Bowl-caliber-type guy. You have, um, you know... Cody Whitehair, who's made a Pro Bowl. You have Jason Peters, who's made nine fucking Pro Bowls. Dude, Sam Mustafer. You know, I mean, at least he's experienced now. I mean, that's that's all I can say. Um, Jermaine Effetti, who's serviceable. Like, if you look at this offensive line of the Jaguars, promise, I promise you, we look pretty damn good. But at the end of the day, the Jaguars are putting up more points than us. Why? Because Urban Myers is using what he has. And Matt Nagy's not using what the fuck he has. So go, going in the next week, you know, this, this team, this team, this Lions defense, we already lost to them once last year with Matthew Stafford. So it's like, whatever, it's Matthew Stafford. But if we lose, you know, they're hanging with the big dogs. You know, this defense isn't great, but they held the Ravens to 19 points. Really, they held them to 16 points until uh, Tucker came in with a 66-yard field goal in NFL, biggest in NFL history. So really, it would have been a 16-point game, and they would have won 17-16. to I mean, they're 0-3 right now, but don't be fooled. These guys have been hanging with the big boys. Last week, they were beating Green Bay at halftime. They only lost 17-35 to because it's Aaron fucking Rodgers. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, they won today 30-28 to against the 49ers, so now they're 2-1 and praying for Devontae Adams. I didn't see the hit, but I heard he got hit in the head. Um, I heard his eyes rolled in the back of his head. I'm praying for him. Uh, you hate to see that. Devontae Adams is an amazing athlete and an amazing individual. Um, as is Aaron Rodgers, you know, I, I, I hate to play these guys, but I have mad respect for these guys. So I'm praying for Devontae Adam, um, Adams. I, I hope he's not going to miss any time. I hope he's fully healthy. And I hope if he is injured, he stays, you know, on the bench because one thing you hate is to see a guy with a head injury go back out there and, and make it worse. You know, that's what happened with Megatron. That's what happened with Antonio Brown, Gronk, and so many others. And then years later, you find out these things. Um, but it's a conversation for a different day. But, you know, then you got the Lions who scored 33 points against against the 49ers. The Packers scored less points than the fucking Lions did. That's the craziest part. So so who are we if this Bears defense is on the field for 40 plus minutes out of 60 against this offense? Who's to say we don't lose this game? Who's to say we're going to easily beat the Lions and it's an easy dub and Justin Fields is going to show out? Maybe he will show out. That doesn't mean we're going to win the game. Like, I, I am truly concerned for the future of the Chicago Bears, and I have no idea what direction this team is going to go in. I have no idea what direction Matt Nagy wants to take this team other than down. So for me, it's wow. It's just wow. It's, I, don't, I don't have any words, guys. I, I really don't. I, I repeat myself. I repeat myself. I repeat myself every week. Two, over 2 million views. Over 2 million views throughout this podcast. Over 2 million people have heard me speak. That's fucking crazy. And that's just, that's all, that's all that, that's that I know of. I don't know about the network on Apple TV and stuff. 
Two plus million people have heard me speak about Matt Nagy. So that's just one person. Now think about everybody else in the world that's saying that. You don't think the players hear that shit? You don't think they do? You're crazy if you don't think they do. Um, like, the fact of the matter is, the MVP of this team on this offense right now is Cairo fucking Santos and David Montgomery. It has nothing to nothing to do with Matt Nagy or any quarterback or any situation because he's just not using them. There's not enough tape on Justin Fields or Andy Dalton or Allen Robinson to say that they're they're you know gonna be the stars of this team moving forward. It's it's shameful. It's horrible. We are the monsters of the fucking midway. Let's act like it. George McCaskey, hear my cry. If you have any balls in this world, fire Matt Nagy immediately. And and it's and you know if you want to wait a few more weeks, that's fine. But don't wait until the end of the season to do this because Justin Fields is going to, God forbid, but at this rate is. More than likely going to get hurt. Knock on wood. I'm just saying. It's 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 inevitable. If you get sacked nine times a fucking game for the next two to three weeks with Andy Dalton now, this kid's in for a ride. And and his development's gonna be crushed. His mentality, he's a tough fucking kid. Tough as nails. You know, he wants to learn. He he loves when shit goes bad because he uses that as fuel. Like I truly do believe that. Um but there's only so much you could take. There's only so much you could take. And here's what I don't get. Here's what blows me the most. If if this was okay, we under if this was our Urban Myers situation where you understand that Urban Myers and Trevor Lawrence are going to be together for at least four plus years, that's one thing. You know, if if you're taking the hits for your coach of the future, that's one thing. You're taking hits for a guy that you know for a fact is most likely going to get fucking fired at the end of the year. That's fucking nuts, bro. I'd lose it. I'd lose it. I'd be so unprofessional. You know, I, I understand, like, from a media aspect, I, I'm, I'm very professional. You know, I don't disrespect people. I've, ta- I've declined jobs in the most respectful way possible. But as a player, oh, man. Like, if, if you're trying to treat me, bro, and I've been on that team longer than you or I've been established or I understand that your job's on the line and you come at me like it's my fault, like like Matt Nagy does, blaming the defense or blaming Jordan Howard or David Montgomery or Mitchell Trubisky or so on and so forth. Oh, bro, I'm coming for your neck. I'm coming. I won't say it publicly, but I will be in your office Monday morning and I, we will have a conversation because at the end of the day, that's fucking bullshit. Whatever. I, don't, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear his press conference today, but I promise you it was some bullshit. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know. I'm, I have no idea what to do. Um, I think, you know, Bill Lazor takes over as head coach at some point during this season. I think that's the way you have to look at it. I think you definitely start the job search now. I think Ryan Pace should count his fucking days because even though you found Justin Fields, Chicago understands how lucky you were to land Justin Fields and how lucky you were that Khalil Mack became available in the first place. Um, that, that's That's just the facts. So, you know, he should be on the hot seat for how this offensive line has looked since 2014. Um, not great. You know, he even had Kyle Long retired just to get away. Now he's on Kansas City. So it, it's definitely a situation. I'm looking at it as they're both back on the hot seat. Ryan Pace got a pass. But if you don't make a move and fire this fucking guy and understand that he wasn't the right hire, you know, maybe at the time it was. But long term, it wasn't. It's just like Joe Madden. It only works for as long as it works. And then once that magic is gone and once people start seeing through the smoke and mirrors, 
shit's not going to add up because at the end of the day, these two don't adjust. These two don't adjust to the game. Tom Thibodeau is a great example of that as well. But what Tom Thibodeau does amazingly well is defense and bring in talent. So that's what keeps his head over water. And that's what keeps him alive in this NBA. Um, but guys like Matt, guys like Madden, guys like, you know, Mark Trestman and John Fox, they don't adjust. They don't develop to this game. Um, so I'm concerned going into the future. I have no idea what the future of this team is. You know, can we re-sign both Allen Robinson and Roquan Smith? Would they, I mean, I feel like Roquan would be fine re-signing. Um, I feel like he's happy here. I, I see no reason to why he's not. Um, Allen Robinson Your only reason of, you know, being, okay, let's give this season a shot, you know, other than the franchise tag was Justin Fields. And now you're not even being used as a real wide receiver number one. Like that's that Matt Nagy's treating this like, like we're the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer's balling out with that offense. Like, like he's the fucking Chicago Bears. Like he has Allen Robinson back, like back in the day, AR-15. Who is to say, I I still truly believe if Allen Robinson were to go anywhere, he should go to Jacksonville. He definitely should go to fucking Jacksonville. That development would, oh my God, that offense would be so stacked. That offense would be stacked in one to two years. I mean, without a doubt. Trevor Lawrence in the year two. James Robinson in the year three. You have Travis Etienne coming back from injury to year two. You know, you have um, DJ Chark and and Chenault. And now you have Allen Robinson. Maybe you bring in a tight end as well. Or maybe you draft one. I mean, you're definitely going to have a top pick. So, So you definitely could. You know, you could bump up the defense, bump up the O-line, whatever way you want to look at it. You got a lot of money to play with. Um, but for the Bears, you know, we going into it, we don't have a lot of money to play with. We don't have fucking any money to play with. Um, so I'm shook. I'm shook. I'm absolutely stunned by what the Chicago Bears have created, this mess that Matt Nagy has made. Um, you know, Robert Quinn, heavily overpaid, but he's definitely showing up right now. Robert Quinn's fucking showing up right now. He never fucking shows up. Didn't show up a single game last year. Um, mind you, he had like a, a what? A, 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 a something, like a fracture in his foot or something. So that's definitely something to take into consideration, and he's looking a lot better. Um, but holy cow, man. Holy, I, I don't I don't know who doesn't give more of a fuck. Eddie Goldman or Matt Nagy? Um, that's a conversation for a different day. But um like wow. Wow, bro. Like I never in my life I I'm shocked. Like I'm actually having a real conversation with you guys. I don't I feel like I should end the episode, but I'm shocked. I am shocked at what we're seeing right now. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, you know, how you go I, I don't even know. And how you go from coach of the year to just egotistical maniac who refuses to even play football. Like, am I crazy? Am I crazy that I was the only one who truly felt like, and I, I know we kind of talked about it earlier, but I want to ask again because I, I, I also heard, you know, Kaplan, Briggs, and others talking about it on the show. It was kind of like you were kind of forcing the conversation of Andy Dalton needs to come back. Like you were trying your hardest to make sure that Justin Fields didn't look good at all. Like that's, that's how that game really came across. And it's one thing if, okay, you're making this kid do everything. So he's, he's panicking, he's throwing interceptions, he's fumbling, he's not you know reading the defenses correctly and, and your scheme is too hard. That's one thing. But you didn't even like fucking let him do anything. 
at all. Like, you babied this fucking kid to the level of, like, holy crap. Like, this kid threw the ball four times, and one time it was to throw it away. Like, in a whole half. In a whole half. That's probably 10 of the 20 minutes that they were on the field. He threw the ball three times to a to a person, and, and the other was out of bounds. I mean, I don't... I don't know. I don't know anymore, man. I truly don't. It's it's a crazy conversation we're having right now. Um, it's definitely not a conversation I thought we'd be having um, if you would have told me this in 2018. Like here, we're gonna. I'm gonna have an episode soon. I I actually really am curious to see um, what a lot of you guys say about it. We're gonna do switch switch players. Say Justin Fields is drafted by the Bears second overall instead of Mitchell Trubisky. You know, he plays 2017 going into 2018. You know, Mitchell Trubisky drafted later on. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't matter. We're not talking about Mitch. But Justin Fields is drafted in in 2017 at the same age as he was drafted now um, at at, at the Chicago Bears. To the Chicago Bears. He goes into 2018. It's his second season. Do the Chicago Bears, with how Matt Nagy ran that offense, win the Super Bowl with the number one defense with Vic Fangio? Even with Cody Parkey, like, do, do we win the Super Bowl? And, and it's a great conversation to have because of the way we were using that offense. And, and it's, trust me, if you look at it piece by piece, that offense back then, you know, it's a lot better than it is now. Maybe the offensive line was a couple hairs better, but at full strength, if you're talking, let's, let's think about who was on that team. Um, Kyle Long for the offensive line in 2018. Kyle Long, Cody Whitehair, um... Was James Daniels there? Yeah, I think James Daniels was there. Um, Charles Leno and Bobby Massey. Well, that's perfectly fine. Now at full strength, you have Cody Whitehair, James Daniels, um, you know, Tevin Jenkins. Top, you know, respectfully, he was a first-round draft pick, but he went into the second because um, of that back issue. But then you have Jason Peters, Jermaine Effetti, Sam Mustafer. Like, it, it's a decent team. Um, it definitely is, you know, especially if you consider, you know, Kyle Long wasn't at his greatest or at his healthiest either. So it's definitely, it's not evenly matched. I feel like 2018 has a better protection rate, at least from a passing perspective. Um, but rushing-wise, it's pretty much the same. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, a couple injuries away on both sides from being shit. So at the end of the day... You know, if you expect Kyle to go down, if you expect Bobby to go down, you know, Charles Leno is hit or miss. You really do got to be careful, though, man. Like, I, 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 I'm, I can't wait for that episode. I can't wait to have that conversation. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that for today. Um, thank you guys for listening. Like I said, this is episode 151. Um, we had 150 earlier this morning. I'm so grateful for all of you guys. Thank you guys for everything you've done for me. For my family, my friends who you've supported throughout the years. If you haven't checked out my videos with Brennan Davis of the Cubs, Cole, Cole Franklin of the Cubs, um, we have Tim Jennings, Chicago Bear Pro Bowler. You know, we got a lot of conversations to have. Um, hopefully, we're going to speak to him again one day. You know, Charles Peanut Tillman is eligible for the Hall of Fame. Devin Hester is eligible for the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to them. So happy for Peanut Punch and D Hess. Um, but yeah, with that being said, Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out. Bear down. Hopefully better days are coming. Justin Fields, keep your head up, man. Like we, We're rooting for you. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We love you, kid. Um, you, know, you deserve so much better. But Matt Nagy, go fuck yourself. And, and I hope tomorrow I wake up to amazing news, even though I know I probably won't. So 
With that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out. Bear down.